Welcome to the Shifting Our Schools podcast, where we believe learning never stops. We create innovative and flexible professional development opportunities that support the current research and thinking in education today. This week's podcast episode aspires to set you up to take another step forward on your personal learning journey. Now here's your host, Jeff Udick. Welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. Thank you for finding some time to tune in this week. As you know, all March long, we are focused on instructional coaching as we open registration for our Google Certified Coaching Cohort that will begin in September. We are one of just a handful of Google partners who are also Google Certified Coaching Partners, allowing us to run programs to receive your Google Certified Coaching Certificate. Our program is run by Heather Dowd, who was involved in the initial research that brought this program to Google. You can hear more from Heather and how this program came to be in episode 158. I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes as well. In today's episode, we catch up with this year's cohort, who for the past seven months have been on a learning journey with Heather. More from them in just a bit. Before we get to that conversation, I want to thank our show sponsor, Teacher Wit. This open and free online community of educators is a great place to network, learn, and share ideas with others around the world. Not only does the TeacherWit community have Facebook-like groups, Twitter-like discussions, private and group chats, it also is hosting free exclusive live events, which I'm honored to be a part of. On March 29th at 3.30 p.m. Pacific Time, that's UTC-7, I'll be talking about the value of connections in learning, and how it is our job as educators teaching in 2022 that if we can't take our students into the world, then we must bring the world to our students. So search for TeacherWit in your app store, sign up, and join this growing community of educators sharing our knowledge together. Thank you to TeacherWit for being a sponsor of the Shifting Our Schools podcast. TeacherWit, creating and inspiring communities of educators. Also, I'm proud to promote the upcoming Learning to Asia conference, a conference that I helped to get started back in 2007 and still sit on the board of today. This year's virtual conference will be held on April 23rd from 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. China time. That's UTC plus eight. Here's Trisha Friedman to tell you more. Learning to Asia returns on the 23rd of April. You'll be able to connect with incredible educators as well as learn directly from students. At Learning to, we take student agency and leadership to heart. That's why we're not just talking about students, but we have them at the center of our event. When you head over to learningtoasia.org, you can learn all about our lineup and go ahead and register. Registration will be closing soon as cohorts are filling up and space is limited. So head over to learningtoasia.org today to learn more. All right. I'm excited to bring you this instructional coaching panel discussion with this year's Google Certified Coaching Cohort as we discuss the state of instructional coaching today, how their districts view instructional coaches, and their reflection on learning in a cohort. I hope you enjoy this panel conversation with instructional coaches. And with that, on with the show. Welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. I'm so excited to have a panel of instructional coaches here, a uh, some instructional coaches who've been going through the Google Certified 
certificate program through Shifting Schools, and their uh, mentor coach, uh, Heather Dowd, is here with us as well. So it'll be great to just get some perspectives on instructional coaching uh, from different districts, uh, different places, different areas, uh, as we talk about some of the things that instructional coaches are facing today and some of the ways we're trying to pivot uh, within our within our school district. So let's uh, meet the panel. We'll get started with you, Heather. Good afternoon, Heather. How are you? Hi, Jeff. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having us on. We're very excited to be here. Um, like Jeff said, my name is Heather Dowd. I just yesterday counted up the number of years I've been an educator and I've kind of shocked myself, but I have now been an educator for 25 years which feels crazy to me. I started as a high school teacher um, before moving into an education technology coaching role and then kind of more into instructional coaching. And now I mentor coaches. Um, So it's been a really fun ride. I love that um, I've been able to try different things within the the field and um, coaching, I think, is a way that we can support teachers and really make change. Awesome. Thank you. Corey, great to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Uh, I'm Corey Cummings. I am an educational technology specialist at an independent elementary school in Seattle. And uh, this is my ninth year in education. I was formerly a third, fourth, and fifth grade teacher. And so in a new position this year as educational technology specialist. So just really excited to continue to see this position evolve um, and work with classroom teachers on technology integration. So excited to be here. Awesome. Cassie, it's so good to see you. It's been a while. It's good to see your your uh, face on the screen again, and hopefully we in person soon. So that'll be always yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Good to see you too. Um, I'm Cassie Skillprut. I am an instructional technology coach in Sunnyside. Um, I currently support eight buildings, K twelve. Um, this is my, I believe, this is my fourth year. The last few years are kind of a blur. Fourth year in this position. Awesome. Thank you, Jen. Good to see you as always. Hello, I'm Jen Longmire. Uh, like Cassie, I am a K-12, I, I don't even know what my real title is, instructional technology, TOSA, support teacher, whatever you want to call me. Um, I support eight buildings as well in the Enum Class School District and just excited to be here and have conversations with all of you. Awesome. And Jen's other half, Steve. I was just going to say, perfect order. Perfect <laughs> order. I get to support Jan at least half the time. So my name is Steve Murphy from Enumclaw High School and Enumclaw School District. Uh, this is my 24th year in education. I'm also involved in coaching um, significantly. So this is my 27th year coaching, which is just mind-boggling to me. Uh, but uh, I'm social studies teacher half the time. And then the other half of the time, I am working in a position supporting Jen and supporting our K-12 teachers as an instructional technology coach. And I think our big push is to try and move our way towards integrating blended learning as just our way of doing things. So it's not two separate things, but it's just the way that we're trying to establish our way of teaching in the Unclaw School District. So excited to be here. Awesome. And Amy, good to see you. Amy Trushan. I'm from uh, Burlington, Vermont. I'm a technology integration specialist in the six elementary schools and pre-K in the Burlington Public School District. I formerly was a classroom teacher, elementary level teacher, and when um, the tech integration and coordinator positions began popping up um, all over the state about 20 years ago, um, I um, entered this position um, and have been in this role, which is 
taken many, um, you know, shapes over the years. Um, and I'm looking forward to and, and hoping in the years to come that this role um, morphs even more into more of a coaching uh, role. Yeah. And I, I love that, Amy. I think that's a good segue into kind of our, our first question that, you know, instructional coaching has been around for a, a long time. Um, you know, it's it's not something new uh, that schools have been have been doing. There's been a lot of research out there on it. And, you know, we know that many instructional coaches were pulled in all sorts of different directions over the past two years. Um, and, and as schools are starting, or we're starting to get back to, I hate to use the word normal, but something that uh, kind of looks like what it was uh, in a in a uh, pre-pandemic world. Um, how are you finding ways to pivot back to being a true instructional coach and, and maybe even go into what were some of the things that maybe different directions you were pulled into, uh, you know, during the pandemic that now you're trying to trying to figure out how you get back to more of that that true instructional coaching role. I have to give our district a lot of credit. Um, Enumclaw did not pull Steve or I in very many directions. Um, they really tried to keep us true to being in our role and being in our jobs. So that's been really nice. And the focus, when we were completely out of school, we helped to build a lot of professional development and help teachers along the path of what do we do when we're in all different situations, whether we're in person or online. And then this past year really has been rebuilding relationships, really working hard. We haven't been around each other for two years. I can't yeah. walk into someone's room without a relationship. So really it's been that foundation piece again. And our, like I said, our district was amazing and not, I mean, they could have pulled me to sub every single day if they wanted to, and they chose not to. And so that was, I'm really grateful for that. That's great. I was going to ask you too, because you did, you spent, I know I, I work uh, closely with Enumclaw and Jen and Steve, and you lost your YouTube channel that had like a ton of how-to videos for your staff. Did you ever get that back? I did. It oh, good. Okay. took about almost a month and finally it was a Hail Mary. And I said, take me out of the system and put me back in. And that yeah. worked. It's like oh my gosh. Switch. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. I was just thinking about that because, you know, I know as coaches, a lot of coaches have YouTube channels and yours disappeared on you. And I remember you being frantic going like, where did all my videos just go for my teacher? So um, it's great that great that you got back. Yeah, anyone else? How was your district? How'd you, how did your district uh, kind of use you and, and how are you finding ways to pivot back? I'm happy to share. So I think for me, it's a unique position where uh, I was utilized as a as a tech lead in in remote learning and through over the last two years. And uh, my school recognized the importance of a position as an a technology coach. And so this was a creation from the last two years. And so um, the recognition for the um, intentional, uh, um, meaningful purpose of coaching and technology integration and those coaching cycles. And so uh, I really applaud leadership in my school for recognizing how vital that was in helping teachers to rethink what classrooms look like as we return to school. And it's been a really exciting role to be in to think with, alongside teachers um, what that looks like as we take a lot of learning from the last two years. That's great. That's great. Cassie, how about you? I was going to jump in here too and give my district credit as well, because I think the way that we approached it in very similar ways where our district leadership really um, valued 
um, coaches in our position and how we could lead teachers through whatever we were going through. And so, of course, none of us were experts in distance learning. Like we all had no idea what we were doing. Um, but our good friend Tyler Raplin and I um, somehow became the the experts just because um, we were in that instructional tech coach position. Um, and so for us, um, and for me too, because I support so many buildings, it actually became a really good opportunity for me to build relationships with teachers that I would not normally get to work with because we were yeah. kind of forced into that position. Right. Um, so the PD that we led, the office hours that we held and things like that really gave us a chance to get to know teachers. And so when we jumped back in, it was it felt like a smooth transition for me to start my one-on-one coaching cycles with teachers because they knew my name, they knew my face, you know, they had learned so much about what we do and what we know. Um, so that actually kind of made it easier to start back in coaching cycles. I feel like, cause we had those, those relationships built. That's great. That's great. And I'll, I'll, I'll jump in on something here, just kind of piggyback on Jen and then what also, you know, Corey and Cassie just said, but there really is a, a patience that needs to happen with this as well. Like if we went through a, a pandemic time where we were supporting our teachers and supporting what was there, a lot of it was survival. In some ways, I think there's still survival, but we're starting to come out on the other end. And so building those relationships, I mean, I think everybody in here has mentioned relationships already, but building those relationships, and that takes time, right? It doesn't happen immediately. And that's something I have to remind myself of because I want change right away, like immediately to happen. Yeah. But it might be stuff that we're not going to see for a couple of years where it really comes to fruition. And we have this pendulum swing, right, in education that my dad teaching for 30 years has always talked to me about, but it, you know, it goes from one thing to the next, and then we come back to the other. And eventually maybe we kind of get to the middle. So I think we went, you know, fully remote and fully online. And then when we came back, people maybe went back to what they would do before. And now you got to kind of find that middle spot of that blended learning. And so I think that's going to take some time. It's not going to happen immediately, like right now, uh, but those, those, those relationships are going to allow it to happen here in the next few years. Yeah. And I, I've talked about this with, with other instructional coaches who have reached out to me as well as, you know, I, you bring up a great point, Steve, in that, you know, this was emergency situation and we were stretched. And I always like to use the analogy of a rubber band. Like we took this rubber band and we stretched it to its breaking point. And in some points for some people it did break, but you know, we, we stretched where we, where we could go. And there's always, no matter when you've ever been stressed, stretched that far in a crisis, you're trying to get back to normal. You're trying to get back to what feels at least somewhat comfortable. And I think this school year, and we're still in it, this school year has been very much a, like a, you know, coming back of that rubber band. I've had coaches reach out to me saying like my, none of my teachers are using Google classroom anymore. They're just doing worksheets. They're just doing paper and pencil. They're, you know, like, well, how did we lose all of this? And I don't think we lost it. I think there's just this natural, thing that humans do where we we take that thing and we just want to get back to where we can feel centered before we can slowly start stretching it again. So you bring up a good point, Steve. It's probably going to be two or three years, I feel, before we start getting this thing going again, where teachers are going to be like, oh yeah, I remember that's, you know, I have that tool. I remember that, that tool set. I remember that you can do, you know, but we're still in this, like trying to figure out where that goes. And depending on your school district and, and how long you were distanced, depend on how fast you can start stretching that, that rubber band again. Uh, Amy, did you want to say anything on this? Well, I was just going to add that um, our district just started um, with the instructional coaching model, maybe about three years ago, maybe four, but it's only been in the past year or so 
that we've had instructional coaches in each of the buildings K mm. through 12. Um, and I feel like the instructional coaching model is just um, kind of picking up speed. This is the first year last month when the budget passed or earlier this month that the instruction co instructional coaching role wasn't up on the chopping block. Oh, great. Um, and so, so that's a good, a good sign. Um, you know, we're still at the place where technology integration specialists are not seen as instructional coaches. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, but our role now is one that is supervised by the um, Department of Instruction and Learning, the curriculum department. Um, so hoping that, you know, in the near future that we can um, work more closely with instructional coaches um, to have a better, you know, collaboration um, and use some of the same, you know, models and strategies um, and pedagogy. In the yeah. Who, who were you, who were you reporting to before you got moved under teaching and learning? Um, we used to have a director of technology okay. uh, that our district no longer has. Um, and so then we were, were shifted. So yeah. In some ways that's a really, um, you know, positive shift because we yeah, for wanted sure. to be working more closely um, yeah. The yeah. I remember when we made that shift, when I was an instructional coach and it was just like one of those where you're just like, Oh, finally, you're right. We should be more on uh, the teaching and learning end and less on the, on the technology end. So it's always great when you can start seeing those and congratulations for not having coaching on the chopping block. Uh, and I, it still is in a lot of places, you know, whenever you're renegotiating and depending on funding coaches are usually one of those first things that gets, that gets cut. Uh, that just says a lot for your district that they're saying, okay, though, this is a regular thing. We're, we're going to make this, we're going to make this happen. Uh, how about everyone else? Corey, I'll, I'll start with you. Who do you, who do you report to in your role? Are you under teaching and learning? Are you under it or, or kind of a combination? How's it look at your district? Yeah, uh, I'm under teaching and learning okay. uh, for the associate head of school. And so we do have uh, weekly check-ins um, that we meet about just kind of what's going on in the school, some coaching conversations I've had, um, upcoming units of study that might be ways to leverage some conversation and curriculum development. Um, but then there is a separate branch that I kind of work in uh, alignment with our technology manager. And so um, I do find, especially in a newly developed position, as I lay the foundation for technology coaching, I do feel the pull towards IT troubleshooting, tech support, right. um, and we've we've talked about that quite a bit in our cohort. Um, and for me, it's finding that balance of there are ways to really leverage coaching conversations from stepping into the classroom and supporting. Um, but how to navigate that in a way that is uh, going to lead to those really meaningful connections. And so, uh, but the, those weekly check-ins that I have with my associate head of school are really great ways to kind of realign some of that navigation and then give some great coaching feedback on, on how to uh, continue those conversations. That's great. That's great. Cassie, how about you? Who do you report to? What's yours look like? Um, yeah, so I'm in teaching and learning too. So my direct supervisor is our director of curriculum instruction and assessment. So one of his gardens is just instructional technology in general. So um, we have something similar where we have weekly formal check-ins where we have our kind of recurring um, topics that we that we discuss. Um, him and I are also kind of the kind of a nice bridge between teaching and learning and tech department. So mm. we're kind of the the communication go-to in between um, everyone, which is nice because 
we get those relationships on both sides and we can have good communication about um, if it's this type of question, it goes to tech department. If it's this type of question, it comes to us. Um, and then I get to work also really closely with all of our instructional coaches in each building um, and their building principals. And so um, I feel like we have a pretty good line of communication all over the district, which makes it a little bit easier that there's only one of me for eight buildings. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my role in a nutshell. Yeah. Steve, Jen, how about you guys? I know you guys, there's been some restructuring, I think, over the last couple of years uh, in your district. Uh, Just a little. Where are you at? Yeah. Just a little. So yeah, we we went into remote learning in a pandemic with a new superintendent. Yeah. Uh, So brand new. That was this first year. And then uh, this last year, our kind of the leader of this whole department that Jen and I work in was our deputy superintendent, director of technology, uh, whatnot took on took a different job, and so we had. In general, how would we describe it? We had about two or three people that we were under. I mean, we were <laughs> under you know curriculum, we were under technology. We you know we're all kind of just working together, and it, it looks like things. We, they just announced what next year is going to look like. It looks like things are going to start to solidify and calm down a little bit in terms of how that's set up. But Jenny, got anything to add to that? No, other than I think. Well, I don't know what's going to look like for sure next year. I. Th- think maybe they'll start looking at putting us under that teaching and learning umbrella versus keeping us separate. I mean, we've kind of always been under the tech umbrella. Um, and so I think that there's going to be some shifting there, but not all, not everything has settled out yet and all the roles have they figured out. So they've got some pretty key people to hire. And then, then Steve and I'll figure out where we um, fall <laughs> in the matrix. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard, especially I think as, you know, tech coaches, there is this line that you kind of walk. And I, I think like one of the, one of my favorite, uh, I guess, moments from coaching was my last coaching job at the international school of Bangkok, where we reported to teaching and learning, but our offices were in the tech department. So it was like, I was sitting next to the guy that ran the network. So like all of our, so as, as tech integrationists, we were get we were understanding what was happening at a tech level, but, but our reporting and what we were doing was actually being driven through teaching and learning. And so it allowed us to kind of have those two different, you know, we knew when the network went out. So we knew when the emails were going to flood because the guy was sitting next to us um, versus, you know, not knowing exactly what was going on. So I always find that really interesting. Heather, I want to kind of bring this over to you. You work with a lot of different districts across the country and across the world. Are you seeing a really big shift into especially tech coaches going under teaching and learning? Uh, and, and how are schools or, or how are you helping schools or supporting schools in trying to make this transition to like, they, they don't just fix projectors and Wi-Fi. They, they can do so much more. Um, gosh, that's such a great question. I don't think there is a normal yet, mm. just as if you ask, if somebody has the word coach in their role, or even maybe they don't even have the word coach in their, their title, but they're an instructional specialist of some sort, the definition of those roles varies so greatly from school to school. Um, and also, I think the how much clarity the school itself has on what that person's role is varies greatly. Mm. Um so I don't even know if there is a, a huge shift from technology coaches being under the technology department to being under teaching and learning. I think we can't even figure out what we want 
<laughs> the role of technology sure. to be. Um, the theme that I see across all the conversations that I have with coaches that I work with and administrators is just the, the need for that role clarity, you know, for having the conversation. And I don't think there's a right answer. I think it depends on the school and what the school wants that role to be. Um, what I always encourage is a conversation between coach and administrator to get that clarity if it's not there. And I know we've talked about it in the cohort as well. Like what percentage of your job is running trainings versus what percentage of your job is leading coaching cycles and gets, you know, yeah, you might not hit that goal of, you know, 30% this, sure. 20% this, but, but have a conversation about it and have something to, to move towards. Um, that's usually what I, I try to encourage. Yeah. I love that. Right. Just having the conversation of like your know, 50% of your time should be doing coaching cycles. 30% of your time is doing after school PD or lunchtime, like whatever those percentages are, are we clear um, as as administrator or as a district on exactly what those percentages to be. I think that's a great that's a great place to start. And I think tech is so it's just this it still has this weird place. Like if you're an instructional math coach, you know where you fall. If you're a literacy coach, you know what your role is. But tech is like it's all of it. <laughs> and then it's also like digital citizenship and it's also like all these other little pieces of curriculum that get thrown on top. And it sits in this kind of weird, weird spot that I think you're right. I, I, I it's really interesting to see where we, we still don't have a, a, a definition. I'm, I'm just excited. Like even in like the last four or five years, that we're actually calling them like tech coaches. Even Jen, you talked about this. You're like, I'm a TOSA integration specialist, and like, I was never called a coach. Like, we were. I, I can't even tell you the million different names I had. Uh, we knew we were coaches, but like, we were never called coaches. We were all kinds of integration facilitators, technology something or other. Um, and so that even that we're even getting to that kind of we're we're. I think solidifying or hopefully moving in a direction that, that they're seeing as coaching, I hope is, is something that uh, continues to happen uh, for sure. Um, that's great. What are some of the things uh, you, this cohort, uh, you, um, one, two, three, four, five of you that are here on the screen have been going through this, uh, this cohort of the Google certified coaching program uh, with Heather, you're about seven months in right now. Can you kind of talk about what are some of the things uh, that you that you've appreciated about going through this cohort model, uh, some of the things that that maybe you've taken away or, or things that you've seen implemented in your district because of it. I really appreciated the ability to expand my personal network. My mm. you know my people that I can bounce things off of have really good conversations, and I, I think that we've had some incredible conversations as a small because we're a small little cohort and. Lots of conversations. I, I've appreciated the support and just the um, very foundational pieces of that coaching cycle. And it's been really nice and clear. Here are the steps that you go through. And, you know, we were talking about what is our role in our district. We don't have the title of coach in our district either. So the idea of a coaching cycle is not something that people are comfortable with yet in our district. And so, um, trying to figure out what that looks like in my current role. How can I take the pieces of that and implement it into what I'm doing? It's given me a nice chance to kind of dabble with a couple of the different things and to try some things on without um, 
having to make sure that the the system completely changes to a coaching system that we can still use parts of it in what mm, we're I like that. Well, I like and that. I, and I would I would second that in our district in that we we've we've always had kind of somewhat of a tech support. We haven't always had a great teacher to technology department relationship, but we do now. So like you Jeff you were talking about sitting next to and knowing what's going on there. It feels yeah. like you um you know for the most part right now. But as, as we move forward with this, just the understanding of what it means to be a coach, because we've had a technology support, right? So, I mean, you, you might call you a coach, but really what you are is you're the troubleshooter of all right. the things that are happening. And uh, we've, we've had different building representatives that have done that. And they've had multiple different names because I've been in the role for however long. Instructional technology facilitator, instructional te- I can't remember what they all were, but there's yeah. all these different scenarios. And we've recently landed on instruction or blended learning leaders, but we've changed that last name to leader because we want them to be a leader in their building to bring about change. So I think that next step for us, like Jen's indicating there, is as things get solidified in our district office, that we may move towards more of this coaching model. But it hasn't mm. been something that's there in our district. It's been more support. So I think that's the major shift that like Jen and I are hoping to see in our district is that it starts to shift to people supporting through coaching. And that's one of the great things that, that Heather's helped lead us through and that we've practiced and such is what's the, what does that model look like? And I think Jen and I both can see it when we're talking to people more now where you go, okay, this is kind of the steps that would take place to bring about yeah. that. Yeah. Amy, how about you? You've been in a coaching, well, we'll call it a coaching role for, for many years. <laughs> um, how are you seeing things kind of transition at your school and, and things you've gotten out of this cohort? Uh, well, I, you know, last spring, I actually found out about this cohort. I was running a half marathon. I think I told this to um, Heather and I sort of plugged into my weekly long run playlist, which was uh, the Shifting Our Schools podcast. Um, and I think you may have even been speaking with Heather um, yeah. and sort of putting in a plug for these cohorts that were coming up during the next school year um, and listening to you all speak and um discuss, um, you know, Heather's sort of transition from, say, a tech integration or tech coach into an instructional coach was uh, just really inspirational. And it just sort of landed on where I feel like our role, my role, and the others in my district that have the same position should be. I just, it just feels, because we all come from, you know, we all come from the classroom you know, our goal is always, you know, working with teachers to employ best practice and, you know, what does this look like and what does this mean for students um, and have the students in mind um, and sort of have been using this cohort um, as a way to hopefully transition um, the tech integration role into more of a tech coach or hmm. um, because we have and we do have instructional coaches, but they it's it's still a very segregated, you know, set of positions. Yeah. Um, and it, it's hard for us to just jump in um, sure. to their role. And they really probably don't really want a whole lot of our role. <laughs> Um, so trying to take, you know, the best pieces of the instructional coaching model and have that as part of how tech integration provides, um, or can provide a a more effective, um, type of professional development for teachers. Um, so I think next steps for our district really are, you know, using some of the, um, Google certified coaching, uh, program to provide suggestions for models of what this might look like. 
oh, great. how our role can can morph into um, into that direction. That's great. I'm just I'm just honored that the the podcast makes a half marathon playlist. I mean that 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 made my day right there. I didn't realize. That's great. That's great. Cassie, how about you? My my role has always been kind of unique and different. So when I be when I came into this position four years ago, um, it was new in the district. It was not something that had been established before. We had one instructional technology like part time coach in one of the buildings, but other than that, it was no one really knew what that was supposed to mean. And I think I was a facilitator at first, and then changed yeah. into a coach. One of those things. Um, but that being said, my my supervisor and kind of the directors that I work closely with um, essentially gave me like a limitless creativity. So it was really like, what do you think this should look like? What do you want to do? And I don't think very many coaches get to be asked that question. And so for years, I've got to play around with, uh, you know, tons of different PD models and what um, I get to try out with teachers all over. Um, and, and it was, I believe it was last year and our executive director of teacher and Le- teaching and learning asked me, what is the most impactful thing that you do with teachers? And without hesitating, I said, one-on-one coaching mm. by far. Um, I didn't have like hard data to back that up. You know what I mean? It was just, we know, um, what's impactful with teachers and because I got to work with teachers in their classrooms, but I think going through this program and being a part of this cohort, um, kind of helped formalize that. So it made it, it was kind of what I was doing the last few years have kind of morphed into this structure that I feel really good about. And now I have my pre-surveys and my post-surveys for teachers. And I have, I use Connect Hub, um, you know, to track my conversations and meetings with teachers. And so I have that data now to say, look how powerful this is. Um, Every now and then I get caught up and I can only work with, you know, eight to 10 teachers at a time, and it's only one classroom here and there, but um, I can say now and, and show that data of like, look, look at the impact that this yeah, has. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, which is nice. That's awesome. Corey, how about you? Yeah, to kind of stem off of what Cassie shared, um, you know, I am in a position that is that is new this year, as I mentioned, and this cohort has really uh, been beneficial and really instrumental in thinking about um, the ways that I can lay this foundation, because similar to Cassie, like I have a lot of autonomy and what that looks like, um, which is really exciting. But what this what this cohort has really helped to provide and what this um, coaching uh, curriculum has helped to provide is a lot of really great resources and models and frameworks, um, specifically some of the resources around, well, how do you advocate for a coaching role and position with your administration, with your teachers, um, which really helped to um, start those initial conversations at the start of the school year as I presented to staff about what my role li- might look like, and uh, as well as um, some of the resources through going through coaching cycles and um, tracking information and sharing um, kind of some of those conversations with other teachers. Um, all those resources have been really beneficial. And then just this, the Slack channel that we have, I feel like I get so many um, great uh, benefits from that and from just reaching out about a quick question or um, the other day I reached out to Jen and Jen thanks again for the resources um, for, for our student services. And so it's just been a really great um, group to, to connect with. That's great. And Heather, how about you? You run not only cohorts for shifting schools, but I know you're, you're involved in a lot of um, coaching stuff uh, around, around the world again. And just your thought on, on cohorts like this, 
you know, a year long. I, and I don't know, we can talk about that. Like, is it too long? Is it not long enough? I know it's hard uh, to tr- try and do this, but what are your kind of thoughts going through running this cohort this year? Um, well, I, I think it has just affirmed my belief that having a group of people support you in your journey, whatever that journey is, is, is invaluable. Um, I was part of the dynamic learning project pilot, which was the pilot program funded by Google, which led to the Google for education certified coach program. Um, And in that pilot program, um, similar to this cohort, we worked with groups. I, as a mentor, worked with a group of coaches and uh, we supported them throughout the year. And when we would regularly ask the coaches to, you know, rank the the resources that we were providing them from, you know, most important to least important, having a mentor and having a cohort was always the number one thing um, Mm -hmm. over all of the other resources. Um, And yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel the same. I learned so much from this group, right? Like getting to meet with the group and getting to hear from everybody's different experiences. Um, Yeah. I mean, just, I, I think community, I think, Jen said, I don't know who said it, maybe it was you, Jen, but having the community, like having a community of people support you of, you know, like-minded, and I I don't mean we're all alike, I guess I just mean we are all in positions supporting teachers, so we are all in similar positions, and so getting to share our, the, the challenges that we face with each other, hearing how other people tackle those challenges, I mean, it's just, yeah, you have to find your people, and especially with the role of coach, often, we're one, we're the only one in our school, um, or one of very few. Right. And, and so you have to go outside of your everyday school experience to find, find people. Yeah. 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 It's so true. Yeah. Like I'm sitting here looking at Cassie nodding her head. Cause I know Cassie's like the one and only in Sunnyside. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Yeah. It's so good. And, uh, thank you all for taking time out of your busy schedules and, and, and letting me interrupt one of your meetings, uh, to, to record this podcast. I really appreciate it and, uh, look forward to the last couple months. I think there's two months left of the program. I think May's the last month. Uh, so it's great. And thanks for letting us uh, catch up to Heather, Corey, Cassie, Jen, Steve, and Amy, thank you so much. Appreciate all your work. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Shifting Our Schools. If you found this episode helpful or inspiring, please make sure to subscribe and leave the team a five-star rating. If you want to learn more about the Shifting Schools team or download our free resources, head over to shiftingschools.com to see what's on offer now. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode to keep rethinking the shifts our schools need.